because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. This good shepherd, he has compassion upon us today. We have been wrestling with difficulty in our world, in our society, in our nation, and we might feel as though we are all alone, and yet the shepherd, he looks down where you're at, and though you cannot be maybe with your family and your friends, the shepherd has compassion upon you, and he says, I will walk with you, and I will be with you, I will care with you, and I will talk with you every step of the way. He is moved with our compassion. The Bible also says that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd that would give his life for the sheep. John 10 and verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd, Jesus declared. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This shepherd, not only does he care for you, but he went to the cross and he died for your sins and my sins. Because he is the good shepherd, my friend. He is a good God. Hebrews 13 and 20 calls Jesus Christ the great shepherd of the sheep whose blood became the reason for the new covenant between God and those that would believe, God and man. Peter said it this way, And when the chief shepherd, 1 Peter 5 and 4, shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Because this good shepherd came, he died on the cross, he shed his blood for you. You and I, when we embrace the gospel of repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, when we allow God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, it's then that there is a crown of righteousness, amen, a crown of glory that never fades away that has been reserved for you and I. All of these things would not have been possible, my friend, had it not been for the bleeding shepherd. When Christ went to the cross, his blood now testifies of specific promises that are given to each and every one of us that would say yes to him. Allow me for the next few moments to be able to share several places where the blood of Jesus Christ was shed and what that blood speaks to you and I today. When this shepherd bled, it began at Gethsemane. You remember, it was the night of his betrayal. It was after he had had a meal with his disciples and, and after he had gone to a lonely place of solitude to pray. It was there that Judas Iscariot betrayed him into the hands of the Roman soldier. But before before that time happened, he was there in Gethsemane. And the Bible says in Luke 22 and 44 that Jesus, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. The Garden of Eden, if you remember, was the place where, where man lost the power of his will. It was there that he fell out of favor with God. He fell under the load of temptation, and the result was pain for the woman and pain for the man and pain for the entire creation. Women would bear children in sorrow, and the earth would be overrun with weeds and thistles and thorns. The animal kingdom would suddenly turn violent to mankind, and man would live by the sweat of his face. The word sweat 
is first mentioned there in Genesis chapter 3. And then later in Ezekiel 44, speaking to the priests regarding their garments and God's desire that their religious worship would be without sweat. Or in other words, that it be all God and that they just participate with God. And finally, the third place that sweat is mentioned is in Luke chapter 22 that we had read just a moment earlier. It was there in that garden of Gethsemane that Gethsemane means the place of the olive press, that Christ was placed seemingly in a press, and he was under such great tension and great stress as he prayed, looking to the cross, knowing that he would suffer shame and pain, embarrassment, but he was willing to do that. And the Bible says that he sweat great drops of blood. He did that for you, my friend. Jesus Christ sweat great drops of blood so that you and I no longer have to be afraid. You can look death in the face and you can say, death, where is your victory? You can stand at the grave if you've got a pre-purchased grave. Go to that grave and look at that and say, grave, where is your sting? Because the strength of the grave and, of, and of death is sin. And Jesus Christ took that all away. I got a little bit stuttered up there because when I think about what he has done for me and all that he is doing in the future, it makes me step back and stutter just a little bit at the glory of Almighty God. You see, you no longer have to be weak-willed and always subject to the suffering and shame and the opinions of others. You can walk with your head held up and say, yes, as a matter of fact, I am a blood-bought child of the living God. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do believe in God. Yes, as a matter of fact, He is my Savior. Yes, I believe there's a heaven. And yes, I believe there's a hell, but I'm not going to sweat hell because my God has already paid the price. What about shame, pastor? No sweat. What about sin, pastor? No sweat. What about sickness and disease, pastor? No sweat. I'm telling you today that Jesus shed great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane so that we could get back what Adam lost there. You don't have to sweat it anymore. You might say, dear God, I'm nervous. I'm wondering what's going to happen. Go back to the cross. Go back to Gethsemane and realize the blood that was shed there is the blood that says no sweat because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No sweat. Somebody shout no sweat because of Calvary. The second place that the blood was shed was on his back. Isaiah 53 and 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken uh, and smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our, my, your peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. You see, with every strike of the cat of nine tails, he was breaking the curse of sickness over the child of God. He was saying, I am going to show you that, that sickness has no power over the child of God. You say, my God, Pastor, we are living in a time where pandemic proportions of 
COVID-19 are here and you're telling me sickness has no power over the child of God. I want to tell you again, sickness has no power over the child of God. You say, well, pastor, what about those that have believed that have died? I want to tell you that COVID-19 did not take the child of God out. When it's our time to go, we're going to go. God has given us authority over sickness in our lives. I'm not telling us to be ignorant and foolish, but I am saying that as we live for God, He's the one that declares when my time is up. He's the one that calls my name in that roll up yonder. Until that time, we will trust Him. I don't know why every person is not healed miraculously. I do know that they are not at times. I, I realize that. That's, that's just no brainer right there. But I do know those who are healed it's because of his stripes and the blood that flowed from his back. I do know that we still need to pray for the sick and we still need to believe God for raising them up. Can I tell you today that while I'm at this portion of the message I'm thinking back at 13 people that I know of personally that were at the brink of death. Many of them were on ventilators and they were saying they're not going to live. But I know 13 men and women that are living today, that are out of the hospital, that are off the ventilators. Amen. And they are living because when Him we live and move and have our being. So I've come to preach to us today. He is a healer. I thank God for the medications that, that are being developed to be able to help us. The doctors work with us. The nurses work with us. Amen. The medical profession, they work with us. God has given them insight. And I preach to the medical men and women that are out there. You're on the front lines and I want to tell you thank you. I want to say God bless you. I want to say you're a hero in my sight. To the firefighters and, and, the, and, the, and the police officers and all of the others that are out in the midst of this serving men and women. I want you to know that every time that you help somebody, you are laying hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. And we're seeing them recover. Every time a doctor comes up with a new virus, amen a cure or a new combination of medication it's not done in their name it's done in the name of Jesus if Jesus said he poured oil and wine into the wounds of that man that was on the Jericho road and then he took him to the end the hospital I want to tell you I thank God for the hospitals and the doctors and the nurses and the, and the aides and everyone else because when they lay hands on these people we're seeing some recovery take place but the blood says amen Jesus amen and the blood says amen it's against you sickness disease the blood is against you when we claim that today the third place that the blood was uh, was seen there when Christ went to the cross his hands and his feet were pierced Psalms chapter 23 the Bible says that they passed by him and his hands and his feet they were pierced through and the Bible says they gaped upon him the pierced hands and the pierced feet of the Lord Jesus Christ 
represent the authority and dominion that was given back to you and I. In the Garden of Eden, man was given dominion over everything. But whenever they sinned, they lost everything that they had. He lost that when he chose to ignore God who had created him. This is why there are so many things that control us in our world today. This is why there's drug addiction. This is why, amen, there is all kinds of other things that seem to dominate us. But that which was lost in sin, it was taken back when Jesus Christ went to the cross. Let me hasten on. The fourth place that the blood is mentioned is there when they shoved the spear into the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 19, the Bible says that one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith there came blood out and water. Tradition says that the soldier's name, this is not in the Bible, but this is an interesting fact, or interesting uh, uh, note uh, that someone had written, uh, and they said tradition says that the soldier's name who uh, speared Jesus, his name was Longinus, and that having some distemper in his eyes, he was immediately cured of it by some of the drops of blood that flowed out of Christ's life. While we do not know this to be true, we know that there are some things that are true. The opening of his side revealed what was there deep on the inside of his life. And sometimes it's only an open wound. And sometimes there's only a hurt, uh, a pain uh, that has come to our life that will reveal what is there on the inside of us. And there's been a wound that has been inflicted upon our nation today, upon uh, the people of our nation and upon the people of our world. And that from that that spear-driven side, you might say, from that wound. It shows what is there on the inside of us. I pray that in this time, that your attention would be turned back to God. And if there are things in you that should not be there, that you would admit that and that you would give that to God. But in Jesus Christ's case, the Bible says, amen, that out from that side it flowed blood and water. Amen, just as Adam in the Old Testament when his side was opened up and he birthed a bride, so Christ, when that wound came to his side, it birthed the bride called the church. Something good came out of that. And I've got to believe that in this time something good is going to come out of this time as well. Amen, it really, really is. The scripture indicates the broken heart of the Lord. His heart was broken that ours might be healed, my friend. He suffered grief that we might get our joy back. And finally, let me say that there were bruises that were upon Jesus Christ. He was bruised for my iniquities, the Bible says, my faults, my shortcomings. Listen to the Word of God. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. That's the word I'm looking at. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Some of you that are watching me today, you've been bruised in your life. Bruising is something that uh, it's really it's bleeding that is under the skin. Bruises are the inner hurts that no one can see. You might not be bleeding out from your skin and there might not be a, a visible wound as a cut or a scrape or thing of that nature, but the bruise is there. There's something that has been done inside, something that has hurt you. And you know that our world is filled with bruised men and women. Though the beatings have ceased long, long ago, 
There's a son or a daughter who have, have disappointed because their mom or their dad has done some things that they should not have done. Maybe a, a sibling has said something or done something to you, and even today the bruises still abide in your life. It might have even been a church family member or a church brother or sister. Maybe it's even been a pastor that has said something or done something or treated you in some way. And uh, you thought to yourself, my, my, I thought that they were a man of God. I thought that they were a woman of God. And that has left you bruised. And you, even today, though that was taken place many years ago, that bruise is still there. And now your confidence is shattered in ministry, in the church, and maybe God, your family, your mother, your father. And now if you're not careful, you're skeptical, you're cynical, you're untrusting, you're embittered, you're bruised. But if that's you today, the good news is this. The bleeding shepherd speaks to your bruises in your life. You can recover and you can be healed. God wants to do that. God will do that. Amen. He will. The Bible says that Jesus Christ had a crown of thorns that was placed upon his head. The crown of thorns that was pressed down upon his head, it caused the blood to flow freely from those wounds that were there. The thorns and the thistles, they represent all of the problems that you and I would be challenged with in life. It represent the mindset and it represents the, the stressful situations that come to our mind. The thorns and the thistles also represent the curse of poverty in our lives. You say, you mean without money? I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about poverty when it comes to money. You see, real poverty is not the lack of money or things, but real poverty is the lack of life. Poverty has come to your life because of those things that you've experienced. And now, instead of living life, you're only existing in life. Many people have much money, but they have no life. They have many things and possessions, but never possess the key to life. That life is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ, the bleeding shepherd. And so when shepherds bleed, healing comes to those that say yes to him. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and 10, he said, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come. I am come. You see that? He said, I came here that you, yep, you, that's, that's you, point, yourself, point at yourself, say that he has come that I might have life more abundantly. So as we come to a close this Resurrection Sunday, the bleeding shepherd, Jesus Christ, he spoke much better things than the blood of the bleeding shepherd, Abel. For you see, Abel's blood cried for vengeance and retaliation and the evening of the odds. But Jesus Christ, His blood, it cries for forgiveness. It cries for mercy. It cries for hope. It cries for help. It cries healing. The bleeding shepherd called Abel is still in the grave, my friend. His body lies cold and lifeless, waiting for the resurrection. But the body of the bleeding shepherd, Jesus, is nowhere to be found in the grave that he was placed in. As a matter of fact, they placed him in a borrowed grave, a borrowed tomb. I believe it was because they knew that he was going to get up from that place of slumber after three days. I believe that they knew that. 
I realize that there are those that disbelieve the message of the resurrection and this bleeding shepherd. You might laugh and you might make fun and say, that's ridiculous, that's crazy. But the power of the gospel lies in the fact that Jesus Christ died and he got up on the third day. If he only died and he never got up, then the power of the gospel is powerless. Some say that Jesus did not die, but he passed out and was incoherent and unconscious for a time. Theologians call this the swoon theory. Some say that he really did die, but his body was stolen by his followers and that he really was dead, but he was kept in some isolated mausoleum in a remote and secluded area. This was called the stolen body theory. But he rose again from the dead according to the Word of God. And that is no theory, my friend. That is the truth. He was seen of hundreds. Amen. And he proved that he did get up. Every time someone gets saved, every time someone repents of their sin, every time someone is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, every time someone receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like they did in Acts chapter 2. Amen. It testifies that the bleeding shepherd, he got up and that he is still alive and well. I remember several years ago reading a story about, in, in the news, a story about a South African man who died. He was placed in a body bag and he was taken to the morgue. And then a short time, something happened and he woke up in that body bag. When he woke up in that body bag, uh, he began screaming, Amen. And the people that were in that morgue, I would have liked to have seen the look on their face when that took place. He said, let me out of here, let me out of here. And to come even closer to home, one of my friends who owns a local funeral home, he said, Wendell, he said, I got called to a house one day. And he said, a man had passed away. I knew the man. He had prearrangements with our funeral home. And uh, he says, and I went there. And he says to, to pick him up. And he said, I was zipping him up in the body bag. And I'm, pardon me, I'm not trying to be <laughs> morbid here today. But as he was zipping him up in the body bag, he said the man opened his eyes. And he looked at me and he called me by name. And he said, what are you doing here? I'm not dead yet. I don't need you. And he said, Wendell, he said, if I hadn't been there, I would not have believed it. He said, it was on the weekend, and what made it even more amazing, the man was wearing a shirt that said, I only get up on weekends. Amen. You say, Pastor, why are you ending with that? Here's why I'm ending with that. Because some of you have already zipped yourself up in a body bag that the devil has tried to put on you. But you're not dead yet. You're far from being dead. And I come to remind us again today that if the bleeding shepherd got up, amen, then you can get up to do. You can get up today as well. Are you still sweating your eternal home? Do you have sickness in your body? Do you have a lack of dominion in your life? Is your heart broken? But I want to tell you that if he he got up, you can get up, and He cares for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this Word would find a place to lodge 
in the heart of every man and woman. Remind us that there's still power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, the Shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for those that are watching today, God, that if they've never repented, that they would see their need to repent today. Lord, if they've never been baptized, that they would make up their mind that they're going to be baptized today. If they've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, that they would be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Even now, let it happen. Let it fall in their homes. In the name of Jesus Christ, we will praise and honor you for hearing us. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you today as Pastor Anthony comes back to dismiss the service. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Oh, yes. You know my way. I know you love me. Yes, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You have overcome the grave. Oh, we feel the highest place. What could separate us now? Hallelujah. Yes, Oh, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for this resurrection Sunday. Thank you for bleeding for me, Lord. Thank you for bleeding for me, Lord. Thank you for bleeding for me, Lord. Oh, yes, I know you love me. I believe in Lord. You have overcome the rain. Glory fills the highest place. What, what could separate me now? Oh yes, you tore the veil. Yes, you did. You made a way. Oh, oh hallelujah. When you say, Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. You tore the veil. You tore the veil. You made a way. Yes, amen. When you said that it is done. And when the earth fade, falls from my eyes, falls from my eyes. Oh, and you stand before me. And you stand before me. I know you love me. Come on, 
Come on, sing that again. Say, I know you love me, Jesus. He loves you this morning. He shed his blood for you. Well, yes, Lord. At the cross. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. You have overcome. You have overcome the grave. Glory fills the highest place. What can separate? Come on, sing that bridge again. Say, You tore the veil. Yes, amen. You made a way. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. When you said, Hallelujah! That it is done. Praise the Lord. You tore the veil. You made a way. When you said that it was done. And when the earth fades. And when the earth Falls from my heart, and you stand before me. I know you love me. Sing, I know, I know you. Come on, why don't you declare that this morning? Say, I know. I know you love me. And now, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this message that we have heard this morning of hope. Thank you, Jesus. This message of your cross once again. Yes, yes, yes. We thank you, Lord, that you died for us over 2,000 years ago and shed your innocent blood. Thank you, Jesus. You became sin so that we might be free. Yes. Lord, I pray right now that the story just didn't end, didn't end there, Lord, and I'm thankful for that. But you rose again on that third day, on that resurrection morning. Lord, on that Easter morning, Lord. And Lord, you are still alive and well today, yes. meeting the needs of your people. I pray for every household that has been watching. I pray that you would bless them and be with them this week. I pray that you would strengthen them, Lord. I thank you, God, for meeting all the needs financially. For every single person that is watching us here in this place, we will praise you and worship you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you all. We hope to see you back online tonight at 5 o'clock for Revival Rerun. Tonight's rerun will be a message that I preached in November, and it was called, I am thankful for the fleas, or thank God for the fleas. And so please watch with us. Be encouraged again tonight. And then Monday and Tuesday, we'll have devotions uh, with my family. Then Wednesday, senior pastor is going to do it a little different this week. He's going to be at the church this week teaching us a Bible study. So please uh, come and uh, watch that online. Then Thursday and Friday, we'll be back with devotions. Saturday is Zoom uh, with Rob. Hopefully no more hair gets taken off uh, of his body. But uh, And P7, yes. (laughs) And P7 with Peyton on Tuesday at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, okay. Daily youth devotions in the Google Classroom. All right. Awesome. So we're trying to do our best 
to keep you informed and uh, just keep you feeling the Holy Spirit as, as it's moving at your house. God bless you. Hope to see you again tonight at 5 o'clock. We love you all. Have a great afternoon. We hope you have a great meal, an Easter meal. Hug your family for us. We love you all. See you guys. And amen.